we are living in the most interesting times, I think. Um, we are so very much in a, in a crossroads as a species, uh, where we want to go, what we want to do. Um, we have so many solutions. We have so many possibilities. We have so much knowledge. We, we actually have a lot of will. You are listening to Stories for the Future Season 2. Stories about fixing our future and about big changes in career and life. Stories about being a beginner and daring not to always know the answer from the start. And stories about creating the best everyday life that we can. My name is Veselma Klavnes Berge and in this season I will be talking about connecting changes. I hope you will join me as I go out in the world and talk to people who are making positive changes for themselves, for other people, and for the planet. Welcome! Hello, and welcome back to Stories for the Future. This episode is actually a little bit different as it is broken into two parts. We touched on so many interesting and valuable topics in this conversation and it was totally impossible for me to leave anything out. So in order not to make the episode too long, I decided to break it up. In this episode, I have the great pleasure to introduce you to Janne Robberstad, who lives on the west coast of Norway. She is an assistant professor and PhD student at the Western Norway University. She's a teacher a visual artist and designer, and she's a production manager of the Global Science Opera. This is a very fascinating project that I think we should be paying attention to, and you will learn much more about it, I promise. Janne is currently researching the connection between creativity and sustainability in a design process, and I think this is so important going forward as we will have to redesign basically everything for a sustainable future. So here it is, part one of my conversation with Janne Robberstad. So welcome, Janne. I'm so happy that we finally got to do this. Yes, <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, we first met about uh, oh, quite uh, accurately, actually, two years ago uh, in Atlanta doing the climate reality training. And we, we will get back to that. But I think that first you have to just shortly uh, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are. Well, um, I um, my name is Janne. I live on an island on the west coast of Norway. Um, I am an artist, a visual artist, um, a theater scenographer, costume designer. And I'm a teacher, primarily in arts and crafts. Uh, and currently, I am um, a PhD student, and I am researching um, creativity in children. Yeah. Yeah, and also it's the it's the connection between creativity and sustainability in a design process. Yes. <laughs> I read. Yes, you, that's right. Could you like? 
what what does this mean? It sounds very interesting, and I think something that people know uh, nothing about. Mostly. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess the main question is is to look at um, uh, or the essence of the research is to look at how creativity is affected if you have to consider sustainability as an aspect or a factor in the design process because up until now well let, let's use fast fashion as an example you you need you you need something that has a certain form a shape a function um and you have to consider resources like um yeah the worker who's actually going to make it if the product that you're that you want you access to materials how much money you can spend on it etc but if you also have to consider that this product that you're making has to be sustainable um then what happens to to the creativity of the designer um does it limit your ideas and your possibilities or does it expand um the possibilities and and your creativity so but because i'm i'm working mainly within an educational setting um the the designers are <laughs> my designers are, are the students so so i use um but but it's, it's kind of um i mean it can be used in a professional setting uh with with adult designers because i mean the the question is valid um but my uh, what would you call it? my my focus group is mm-hmm. is students and uh, the context is in educational um, setting yeah in the classroom so yeah uh, do you have any uh, indications so far does it do you think it is it limiting or is it expanding the creativity yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. that's the big yeah. question. Yeah, no, uh, no, actually both, uh, because well, the thing about sustainability is that it's it's so simple um, and so basic that like any five year old can understand it, but at the same time it's so complex that you know professors have a hard time grasping it because it, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean everything is so interconnected and the holistic holisticity is that a word of the, of the whole th- concept is so complex because everything is so intertwined mm. um so it's um yeah it's, it's basically complex um so well in any case to answer your question i'm not answering your question now uh, at, at first People will say that uh, they the immediate thought will be that it's limiting because oh, but then I can't use glitter mm. uh, or yeah, then I can't use this paint that I really want to use that I'm used to that works in this way that I really like. Um, but once you kind of tighten the framework or the scaffolding of of a task, then you actually need to engage your creativity on a higher level to find solutions. So um, so the answer is yes to both. It's, yeah. it's, it is it can feel limiting at first, but but once you once you get like the basic um, 
concept and, and you you figure out the basic questions to ask yourself, uh, then, uh, then it becomes a bit easier and you become engaged mm. and you see that, wow, there are actually a lot of possibilities here. Mm. Uh, and the more you work with it, the more possibilities you see. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, as I said, we met uh, in Atlanta as the two, two only Norwegians uh, at that training. Uh, so that is how I know you, like uh, interested and engaged in sustainability and climate. But has that always been there? Uh, was that the way it started? Or how did you start out like as a as a younger, as a student perhaps? And what was your direction? Was this sustainability climate issue always there? Well, I, yeah, I was thinking about that before I, before I, um, we connected right now. Mm. And I'm, I'm not quite sure uh, when it started. I think it's been a gradual process that started before I was aware of it myself mm. uh, in many ways. Um, I wish I had been more engaged when I was younger, like in the 80s. It, it was kind of cool. Like the, the nerdy cool kids were, yes. uh, were into sustainability and yeah. environmental um, care. Um, but I wasn't, I was so involved in, in theater and in music and in dance and singing that it, it was that kind of preoccupied my mind. Hmm. Uh, for, for many years but um, my boyfriend was very conscious of this so I think and he even had a job uh, within sustainability different jobs so I think I kind of got it in like uh, f- from a uh, from the side hmm. on a more passive uh, scale and it I, I have as when, when I started working as a costume designer I did incorporate a lot of sustainable ideals uh, within my practice that I wasn't even aware were sustainable until mm-hmm. after I started learning about it. Which, I mean, small things like what, what type of materials do you choose? How do you make them uh, adaptable so that you can use them for several shows? Uh, so I, th- I think in, in the theatre world, a lot of theaters actually are sustainable, maybe without knowing it on so mm. many levels, because they have limited resources. There's not a lot of funding. Funding. There's uh, usually a limit in, in uh, well, depending on what type of theater it, it is, but there's usually a limitation in both time and, and manpower and, of course, money. So, so you have to be quite resourceful and... Uh, being resourceful, resourceful does not mean using a glue gun. <laughs> it means, no. it means um, well, doing things as properly as you can, but but also making them adaptable and to think ahead, not just one show, but but how can how what do we need that we can can reuse for for later? Hmm. So how do you think that, it, how is it overall in the theater world today? Is it is it a theme or is it just that they have this incorporated because of other reasons? Is there sustainability people working in that area or is um, it too new? Um, 
Yes and no. Um, I mean, originally or conventional theater has has for years been it's it's been very focused on the opening night, and then you whatever you make it's it has to be ready for opening night, and then it has to last until the final curtain come after after the final show, and then a lot is just thrown away because there's a limitation in storage space. Um, so there has been a, really a lot of waste, mm-hmm. um, and of course, and I did mention glitter and sequins. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all plastic, and mm-hmm. and the the fabrics that really look good on stage. I, we're in the middle of Eurovision now. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you saw it, but I mean, the the costumes that stand out. You know, it it really there's a lot of bling. Yeah. And and fabrics that are shiny and have a lot of bling are usually polyester, and they mm-hmm. are not sustainable at all. No. Um, so, but but yes, there are more and more people um, interested in in making theater and theater, well, both in general and theater design, especially uh, more um, sustainable uh, now, and have are and have been working with it for years. Um, both both in Norway and in the out in the world um, mm. simultaneously Canada and Australia people there ecosonographers there started working and in New York as well um, um, I think those are the three well New York is not a country but the US Canada and Australia are the three countries that have been very um, um, uh, that have been working with this very systematically uh, in an academic sense. Um, mm. And it was presented at the last um, big uh, international theater or sonography conference in, in Prague a couple of years ago as well. Um, it, it was like the topic. Mm. And for the next one, which is in another two years, it will probably be the, the main topic. It will probably be all over. I think mm. I didn't really answer, finish my answer to your last questions about my own process as uh, within sustainability. Yes, no. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to that. Yeah, I have a messy head. Um, I think because uh, I, I first worked for uh, more or less 15 years as a teacher in the folk high school system, um, then I um, then I worked over a decade uh, as an artist and designer myself with theaters with uh, with uh, with art, and um, it was awesome. Mm. And then I thought gradually that um, you know I, you have this intense feeling of being so incredibly lucky. And then I thought, uh, maybe I, maybe I should now slowly turn towards my focus towards not only me being happy and being lucky and doing all the things mm-hmm. that I love most in the world, but maybe I should find a way to give back a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started my master thesis uh, five, six years ago, and then I. Uh, kind of randomly uh, ran into um, to this uh, international educational project called the the Global Science Opera, mm-hmm. and I had seen the very first opera, and I thought, well, 
Yeah, they they have some uh, they have some good people here in in music and in theater and in dance. Maybe not great in arts and crafts. So they I, maybe this is somewhere I can contribute. And my first suggestion was that well, um, maybe if if we do this, let's do it properly, and then let's add sustainability into the into as as one of the main pillars of the project um because it's i mean if you if you actually again i'm very lucky if you have access to hundreds of school students from kindergarten to university age in i don't know 20 30 different countries uh then you want to think about what what is your message what what do you want to uh to teach them and I thought, well, um, taking care of the world is a pretty good thing to mm. teach them. Um, so that that's why I, I uh, well, basically my master work, uh, my master thesis is about incorporating or implementing sustainability into to the production process when students create and perform a science opera. So, so you have yeah. to, because I had this yeah. uh, longer down on my list, but now yeah. I think yeah. you have to uh, tell us what, for somebody never heard about the Global yeah. Science Opera, yeah. what is it? And did it, it didn't start as anything related to sustainability no, in no, the no. first place. No. no. no okay, no, no. so it's from the beginning. Yes, what is from it? the beginning, yes. Um, well, it's, uh, it, I wasn't there from the beginning. I joined in like, yeah, the second year or actually more, even more the third year. Mm-hmm. Um, from the beginning, it was a transdisciplinary uh, project between science and arts. So it's STEAM education. STEAM stands for science, um, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. So it's all the rage in education. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um and basically, I think the original idea is to to create more enthusiasm uh, in students for for the science subjects. Mm-hmm. And somebody really smart thought that well, if we if we use um, the creativity and the meth- methodology from from arts and crafts, or no, from from the arts field, um, where the students can can use their curiosity and their creativity and and be more expressive in their work. Uh, maybe that will make them more interested in science. Uh, so this is this is a project that that works with this. It's um, as I mentioned, 20, 20 to thirty countries participate each year from all over the world, mm. um, and schools, classes, different groups uh, participate. They uh, we we have an we have an annual opera that is streamed online uh, in November every year. Mm. Uh, some of the students perform live. Some most of them film it, pre-film it, and um, for technical reasons. Mm. Um, but we have an overarching scientific topic, so that each of these groups that participate, they they have a subtopic connected to the main topic. So so like this year. The main topic is uh, the UN's um, decade, international decade of ecosystem restoration. 
um, which is which is uh, a great scientific topic, by the way. Yes. <laughs> when you when you work with sustainability, uh, and the UN is actually a partner in the project, so okay. they they are um, they are contributing with with material with educational material to the participating teachers and, and students, and um, yeah. So uh, yes, as I said, it was my suggestion that we incorporate sustainability as a factor into this project because, mm. I, well, I mean, the potential is enormous. Mm. So, and I think in Norway we are. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to step on any toes. I think we're relatively well educated. The students, students are relatively well educated on or aware of the 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 situation that nature and and the climate is in Mm. um not all countries are that but i don't want to glorify norway either because there are other countries that are way ahead of us Mm. so so we're kind of uh, we're probably on the top half but but we're not we're not perfect no but in any case uh international project uh yeah Let's uh, work for for good for the good is of it, humanity. Is it many? Are there many Norwegian schools participating? Um, there uh, there is one that has. Usually, we we have a limit limited amount of groups from each country because yeah. we we want to emphasize that it is a global project. Yes. And we have a limited, I mean, you can't have like a five hour opera. No. So there's a limitation in time. Um, but we do have a, a couple of groups from Norway. Mm. Uh, this year, the university, Oslo uh, Met, will mm-hmm. participate for the first, first time. Okay. I'm really excited about that with embroidery, uh, which is super cool. And then there is a there is a group of sixth graders up in Sunmöre who who um, make uh, create raps, like they work with poetry uh, in English. They create raps. They do the filming and the film editing themselves. Mm-hmm. The students. Uh, so we have a have a really good group of teachers up at this school mm-hmm. in Valdreja. Um, so, but but actually, it, usually it varies from year to year which mm. schools are are participating from each country. Hmm. So when you when you work with these young people from all over the globe yeah. and seeing th- these issues uh, through their eyes, mm. uh, how does that change your perspective? Like uh, the different issues that we are working in uh, on in the different areas of the world uh, and. How does that affect you? How how it affects me? I yeah, thought you were going to ask how it affected them. <laughs> yeah, that too. But do you feel that you learn something yourself? Oh yeah, by yeah, yeah, absolutely. Seeing it through their eyes. Um, well, first of all, I learn a lot of science. I yeah. learn a lot about sustainability in in a scientific connection, and and how to work with sustainability uh, fact checking, making sure mm. that the science is correct and not. Um, and, and have that as a base and not just like go straight to the emotions and, mm. and do like emotional blackmail, if you understand. Yes. But yes. Make, making sure that the science is correct. Um, 
what, how, how, wait, what, what I learned from the students, mm. uh, I have certainly learned that they are uh, not only engaged in and preoccupied with um, our common future of a healthy earth, but they are also willing um, to, to sacrifice, which is not a good word, but they are willing to do the job. Mm. Uh, they think it's uh, unfair, uh, actually unheard of, that mm. um, grown-ups are stubbornly egotistical, uh, not interested in, mm. in contributing. I mean, we, we do have the resources. So, um, oh, this is going to sound so moralistic. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, as grown-ups, our age group, uh, we are, we are, you know, we do have a lot of power, mm. um, both politically, financially. We run our own ho- households, yeah. etc. Um, and often, the I find that the younger kids and students are more conscious and more willing to do whatever it takes um in practice like in real life Mm. um and i think it's because that it's it's on a much more existential level for for young people i mean you and me um i can actually i can only speak for myself but for grown-ups uh it's it's um uh it's more on an emotional level more Mm. on a um i don't know yeah, maybe on an emotional level, that is mm-hmm. always such a shame that the earth is falling to pieces. But for them, it's like, um, no, let's get the job done. Mm. You know? Um, yeah. Yes. They know that when they're 30, the, the world will be a very different place because yeah. of all the yeah. changes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, and I think, I think that's about, um, that's part of why I want to work with sustainability within these education projects and, and I, why I think design is such an interesting, um, uh, way of approaching it because, um, then you have like concrete solutions. Mm-hmm. So one thing is is having the science correct and and introducing the facts. Of course, obviously, uh, we do have some climatic uh, and ecological issues. Um, but I think it's important, especially in education, to to present hope mm. and. Um, when you present students with alternative ways of doing something, of creating something, of designing something, giving them different materials, presenting them to different um, ways of doing things, um, then then you then you're kind of giving them like uh, tools of, of sustainability that will that actually kind of give them hope. Mm. Um, there are options to buying acrylic paint in the store. You can actually make it yourself with eggs and oil. Yeah. And um, you don't even need the, the oil with eggs and some dirt, you know. So just just little things like that, uh, that showing them alternatives. Um, mm. 
So yeah, and of course, of course, they're not all going to be designers. So I mean, I can talk about theater design and sonography and with professional designers, but and not all students are going to be designers, obviously, but all of them will be consumers. Yes. Mm. So so it's very much about if if you have, I mean, if you have the um, experience of how how do i create something how how the the know-how mm. um makes you more conscious as a consumer and of course as an arts and crafts teacher um i've, I've had like for instance just if, if, if i can give you an example i've had students who uh, wanted to sew their own jeans mm-hmm. Because, uh, yeah, jeans are cool. I want to make jeans. And uh, their experience is that, first of all, it is, um, it's expensive fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main uh, experience is that it's really hard to make. It's really <laughs> complex with all these seams and then you have to do things in the right order. And then it's still, it's, it, I kind of doesn't look great, uh, and it's it's really a hard job. Yeah. And then by the time they're finished, they're like, ah, oh, finally did it. And then uh, take them to a shop, and uh, you can buy a pair of jeans for twenty dollars. And mm. and like there's when they see that sale sign, they will think, hmm, I I did this. I made a jeans. No way would I uh, do that for twenty dollars <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because they 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 have like the innate experience of yes. of the of the job it is of the the process. Yeah. So so it's kind of um, it. I think it both makes students appreciate more what they have and what others have made, and especially if they know who who made it, if it's themselves or somebody they, they already know. But I think it also affects, I mean, it's difficult to, to forget once you've struggled with making a pair of jeans um, that, yeah, actually some, it, it's not a machine that made these. It's, mm. it is a person mm. on the other side of the world. Yes. But mm. it's, it's a person. So it's, it's part of the, part of the process of, of, um, growing their conscious conscience as consumers as well yes yes and that uh, consumer side of this uh we talked Mm. about this before because this is a separate podcast (laughs) because yes yes yes. oh i'm sorry (laughs) no but i mean it's so i have tried myself to to like read up on what is the most sustainable fabrics uh where do i buy it how do i buy it should i buy the of course, the quality, but it's always the quality, the one that is most expensive, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. So it's a. I think that this one will be a, a separate episode because it's very interesting. Uh, interesting, and I think that more and more people are interested to um, to make some yeah. some good choices. Yeah. Yeah, I think direction. so too. I think yes. I think so too. Um, but but the reason I touched in on it was was the importance of teaching students to create themselves, mm. which has been um, kind of uh, 
what is the word undermined? It's it's not been, it's not really been in focus the past couple of generations, I would say, in Norway in Norwegian education. Um, when I was young, we actually sometime last century, <laughs> we we actually did learn how to sew, to embroider, to you know, we learned all these skills. Uh, we were in the wood workshop. We we learned how to use a hammer and a saw and. Um, and um, these are practical skills that come in so handy if you uh, live in a house mm-hmm. and wear clothes, yes. you know. <laughs> um, and and mm, the past years, uh, it's been more and more um, uh, focused on other things. It's more about design and architecture and creativity which I am not opposed to any of them, but I'm still very much uh, an advocate for, for actually learning the skills, mm. learning the patience, learning, learning, I mean, just uh, learning about the materials, how, how they function, mm. not just how they look, how they feel, how they function, how they, how they work with you, with your mm. body, if you're making clothes. Um, so yeah. Um, so it's also a related to it could be, um, yeah, do, doing uh, things like that yourself, but also all the older techniques that uh, get lost as uh, as older people uh, disappear, and it could be related to food. It could be related to crafts. And how do you see that in your world in this in this uh, design and related to crafts maybe mostly? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is what I am trained in originally: mm. arts and crafts, textiles, specialized in textiles, and um, I've I've continued uh, to to teach myself after uh, you know after I was finished uh, with my education. Um, through courses, through books, through self-study, through even more, um, yeah, different types of, of, uh, of studies, courses. And um, I kind of have, personally, I have a rather broad uh, field of expertise when it comes to textiles, especially. Um, I've, I feel kind of like it's not really valued. Hmm. Um, uh, like, uh, I don't want to seem bitter, but I am. No, <laughs> <laughs> just say it. You know? Yeah, no, no, but, no. But I think, like the the government, they say that oh, creativity is so important. We need more creativity in school. The national curricula, uh, it talks a lot about creativity, but at the same time, and it, you know, really glorifies it. And at the same time, um. Now, first of all, let me just say that creativity can be found and used in all subjects. So mm. it's not exclusive to, to the arts field. At the same time, the arts field uh, has a unique possibility to, to foster creativity. Um, so it's, it's kind of a contradiction that they are glorifying creativity as a 21st century skill. And at the same time, they are cutting and cutting and cutting into the hours of of the education itself for young uh, students. Mm. Um, They have less and less hours of practical and aesthetical 
work and more and more classes of mathematics mm. and um, mother tongue in, mm. in Norway. That would be Norwegian. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I think I think. <clears throat> They secretly love engineers. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, at the same time, it's it's really uh, interesting. To, I mean, we are living in the most interesting times. I mm. think um, we are so very much in a in a crossroads mm. as a species, uh, where we want to go, what we want to do. Um, we have so many solutions. We have so many possibilities we have so much knowledge we we actually have a lot of will um uh, i i um, could be mistaken but i i have a feeling that there's a lot of will especially in in within business um and i have to add that my uh my network in business is in norway i know yeah mm-hmm. um but there is a there is a growing concern and a, and a growing will within business as well to to contribute to do mm. what needs to be done and if, i don't know where, where uh, i mean there is actually political will as well um like at the the climate summits they they have um like the signals are so clear but then when it comes to actually implementing what everyone agrees on it seems like politici- politicians are a bit afraid of the popular opinion. Yeah, uh, you know there are there are some angry people out there with uh, with the uh, internet <laughs> access. Yeah, there are <laughs> absolutely <laughs> who who, um, who are not afraid to express their opinions in the comment no. fields, <laughs> which yeah. is which is uh, good for democracy. Um, it, I think it would be healthy to get. Uh, different hobby for some of them to uh yeah the world can sometimes become very small like your perspective is Mm. is, can become very narrow if if you only feed off the news because the news has to sell so it's it's very negative a lot of it Mm. and um there's so many positive things happening all over the world that that you're not presented to um that you have to more actively seek that information yes. so uh, yeah but, uh, talking about the politicians and maybe maybe then Norway what would you say would be our most important contribution as a country or like a oil nation perhaps where, where do you think that the biggest well, change <sighs> must happen oh yeah, that's a good question. Well, first of all, I think, and this is general, first of all, I think it's important to recognize that there are other values than just the monetary value, than just money. Mm. Um, because up until now, I think that it, that um, money talks. Um, and... You don't, first of all, there are other values as well. Uh, quality of life is one of them. Uh, another thing is that, um, I don't know if you've seen seen a film, a uh, documentary called The True Cost. 
and yeah. and just just that uh, phrase, the true cost of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you would um, calculate and add the the price uh, of um, uh, of a production, how it affects nature mm. uh, into the the price of an uh, of a product that you're selling in the store so so the true cost of different products would i mean it would look things would look very different um on what what is cheap and what is expensive consumption absolutely we are um we are uh, we love to consume all all the statistics uh show us that i do think that there has been a change in in uh, the past year. Yes, I uh, think because, so too. because because of the pandemic. Yeah, uh, people have had all of a sudden. You know, you're stuck at home in your home office. Mm-hmm. Um, you and and you, whether you want to or not, I think a lot of people have have had some existential discussions with themselves. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a world crisis, a pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, and it and it really hits you like in the face when mm-hmm. when you have to stay at home, um, and your um, like your everyday is turned upside down. So I think that the perspective has changed and is changing on a world basis. And I could give you two examples, which I think uh, are kind of uh, sweet and funny. Um, that uh, last summer the uh, factories were all sold out for uh, for sewing machines mm. uh, because people wanted uh, creative creative hobbies. So they yeah. thought, oh, sewing machines. Yes, I'll learn to sew. Uh, and another example is uh, greenhouses. Yes, yes. They were all sold out of greenhouses and uh, potatoes, uh-huh. uh, like for... for uh, just putting in the soil, put, like put, putting growing in the soil, your own, to growing your own potatoes. Yeah, I talked to my my local, um, uh, what do you call it, gardener. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he he said he had he'd like sold five or six times as many potatoes for sowing than he had ever done before. It was uh, wow. it was insane, and that I mean, and all other types of vegetables and fruits and berries mm-hmm. as well, but. Uh, plants, but mm. especially potatoes. So um, that's interesting. Uh, and I, I think I think these are kind of um, so what do you hit, call it? Hints of um, people changing uh, a perspective, trying to become more self sufficient, mm. trying to get healthy hobbies, maybe mm. uh, going outside, being getting fresh air. And also eating healthy, mm. uh, but but yeah, the self sustainability as well, uh, or the the self sufficiency as mm. well. Um, so yeah, there were some interesting things going on, and I still yes. haven't answered your question. Uh, what Norway <laughs> should do? Uh, what should we do? Well, uh, yeah, I think we should be. I think we should be willing to consume less. Yes, and one th- thing is the consumer or us as as uh, private private consumers, yeah. but from the from the top as well. Uh, yeah. Norway as a nation, 
our ability to do some big changes, but is which is really hard for the country to face like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, one one thing that should be relatively easy is to to upgrade all the existing. Um, uh, water hydro power stations, the old mm. ones. If you if if we did that, it's it's relatively ex- expensive, but not not like horrifically. Um, I can't remember the numbers because it's it's been a couple of years since I I talked to this person. Um, but it, yeah, as I said, it's not horrifically uh, expensive, and it would in, increase the the. Uh, power extraction by at least 50% or something. Mm. Um, but first of all, stop selling these uh, hydropower stations out of the country. <laughs> yeah. Stop selling them altogether. Mm. They should be state-owned. It's, it's kind of like, um, yeah, it, there are some things that are important to to um, for a nation to have, hold mm. on to, and, and their natural resources is one of them. Mm. Um, secondly, um, maybe be slightly less worried about winning the next election and take some tough choices. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I, I, you, you mentioned oil. I'm not anti-plastic. Mm. Uh, I think oil is important, and I think plastic is a great uh, product with many yep. uses. I mean, I can, I, I can again this word that I don't like, sacrifice a lot of things, but my, but my contact lenses are made of plastic. I really, (laughs) really don't want to, to lose them, you know? (laughs) So, so, but the thing is, I mean, if we could reduce the the single use, Mm. um, but both plastic paper, anything that's single Mm. use, I mean, and that, that has more, that has a lot to do with an attitude with, with politicians who need to actually provide for it. And with uh, with businesses um, to stop selling junk, mm. uh, and then for consumers to stop buying junk. Yes, uh, and and not just actually not just stop buying junk, but but vocally asking in the stores, do you have a sustainable alternative? Mm. How long does this last? What is this made of? How is this produced? So um, once, I mean, the, the power of the consumer is, consumers is quite strong. So yes. just being conscious, um, asking questions mm. uh, can get you a long way. If all yes. of a sudden, like if we had a um, Asking Consumer Day, National Asking Consumer Day, and everyone started asking questions in the stores, <laughs> that would be a fun experiment. Yes, so that concludes the first part of this conversation. In part two, we will talk more about the role of arts and culture in sustainability. You get to hear about a fantastic project Janne did for the local library. Just wait till you see some pictures. And as an artist and creative with a strong imagination, Janne shares her vision for the future and why she chooses to be an optimist. 
In other words, lots to look forward to. And in the meantime, you can have a look at Janne's webpage, spindelmaker.com, where you can see some of her work and projects. You can find the link in the show notes. Bye for now and talk to you soon. Thank you.